This is 50 miles per hour. Pop quiz, hot shot. There's a bomb on a bus. You're deeply nuts, you know that. Once the bus goes 50 miles an hour, the bomb is on. Stay on or get off. If it drops below 50, stay on or get off. It blows up. Oh darn. What do you do? You have a hair trigger aimed at your head. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? I'm your host, Chris Tapley, and you're listening to an oral history of director Jan de Bont's 1994 summer blockbuster, Speed. Straight from the people who made it happen. Now, don't forget to fasten your seatbelts. Let's hit the road. Welcome back, folks. Uh, we are here today to uh, have another detour episode, as I've taken to calling them. Uh, we're, we're a week away from our big episode detailing the soundtrack, I should say the songs inspired by soundtrack from the movie Speed, and particularly the title track from pop superstar Billy Idol. You, you heard from Billy, you heard from record producer Ralph Saul, you heard from guitarist Steve Stevens, Legends. And uh, we know all about what went into that song and what went into that soundtrack. And it got me thinking about the fact that, look, I don't think anyone is going to say that Speed is one of the great movie soundtracks of the 90s, although I do love that song. But it is certainly part of a canon that is worth discussing. And I wanted to drag somebody in here to discuss this with us again. Uh, this time I've got Todd Gilchrist, the senior editor, Focus, at Variety, and I just want to say as a former Variety guy myself, that's fancy language, meaning he writes and edits features, folks, and <laughs> damn good features at that. Some of the recent stuff he's done, he threw together a list of essential Christmas albums at the end of the year, a great piece about Oppenheimer and physical media, a little catch-up with James Cameron on The Abyss 4K and the re-release of that film at the end of the year, big interview with Quincy Jones, uh, just really rocking and rolling over there at Variety these days. So, Todd, thanks so much for coming on the show and, and discussing the best, not the best, all. We're going to discuss all of the movie, not all, but most of the movie soundtracks of the 90s. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you so much for having me on here. I mean, um, you know, obviously you bringing me on here just reiterates how much soundtracks are such an essential part of uh, the stuff that I collect, the stuff that I was always into. And um, so getting the opportunity particularly to talk about soundtracks from the 90s, which was, of course, like a big formative time for me personally, much less professionally, is uh, really fun and a great honor. Absolutely, dude. I knew I had the right guy uh, because this is somebody who was this four years ago now, three or four years ago. Uh you set this up. I mean, there there was something of a harbinger for the 90s movie soundtrack boom. And you, and you had a, a real great piece on this a couple of years back. So so tell us about that real quick. Yeah, um, I think it was for uh, the I guess it would have been for the 30th anniversary of uh, of Batman. I interviewed Albert Magnoli, the director of Purple Rain, who subsequent to that film became sort of like Prince's manager. And he essentially was the pioneer um, of songs inspired by a movie, that that whole process. I mean, there were obviously soundtracks prior to that, but essentially uh, I'll tell you the, the, the shortest version I can, which is, as I understand it, um, when Warner Brothers came to Prince, they wanted him to do the soundtrack to 
Tim Burton's movie. He was obviously at Warner Brothers at the time. They wanted to sort of do a corporate synergy of the one of their biggest artists and this obviously what would eventually become this mega property. And Albert Magnoli went to them and showed them, you know, they they came to him, they talked to him about it. And Albert Magnoli, rather than just sort of saying, yeah, absolutely, he'll do the score. He was like, Tim Burton already has a collaborator in Danny Elfman. We don't need, you don't need to use Prince to do the soundtrack to this movie. So why don't you do a, an album that is songs inspired by the movie? And as a, and as a consequence of that, it became a huge hit. And, uh, and it basically led to what happened, not just in, I mean, in the nineties, there were of course, many soundtracks that had songs that were, you know, all woven into the fabric of their films, but essentially what it did was it created this opportunity for studios, filmmakers to, um, to create music that they could, you know, further, um, accessorize, uh, their film with, um, that would put their movie on the charts, even though the song may or may not have been in, in the movie itself or played a prominent role. Absolutely. And we would end up having a few of those certainly in the 90s. I, and this reminds me, I, I misspoke. I mean, the Speed soundtrack is not an inspired by soundtrack. It's a, it's a compilation soundtrack. It's sort of a theme album, as we discussed. Uh, just these this guy pulled together songs that involved speed and cars and crashes and just whatever. You, let's put Kiss's Mr. Speed on there. You know, it's just nonsense. But, you know, yeah. a fun little bobble to uh, to promote alongside the movie. And uh, yeah, I mean, Batman being sort of, sort of an interesting harbinger of some of the stuff to come in the 90s is interesting to me. Uh, that's 1989, yeah. uh, right at the turn of the decade. And then Todd also wrote a piece a few years back for Mental Floss, 35 great songs from the ultimate movie, from the ultimate 90s movie soundtracks, which, uh, look, like I said, I knew I had the right guy here. <laughs> so uh, let's let's dig in. I mean, did you want to say something about that? Only, only that, you know, the making that list was really fun to do because i think i had done one for the 80s and then i ended up doing one for the 2000s as well and you know it exemplifies for me the fact that there are a lot of songs that lived on independently of their films they may be synonymous to cinephiles with a film if you think about um you know like uh like life and mono from great expectations. I mean, there's a handful of songs from that soundtrack. I love the soundtrack, but it's like that song became this like sort of independent sort of phenomenon outside of that film, which was not necessarily that well-regarded, I think as a whole. And so it was really fun to do, but also it reminded me of the many songs throughout uh, that decade that were, or songs th that were, part of a soundtrack technically but they were you know kind of like these things that jumped out and and would end up taking on a different life yeah i actually love that movie by the way great expectations i know alfonso yeah. Cuaron, the director hates it uh he really went through the ringer on it and most people don't like it but it's also my favorite book great expectations so i'm, mm. I'm kind of fascinated by any and all iterations and i should say that list was uh the number one song on that list was our guy billy idol Cradle of Love uh, from the Adventures of Ford Fairlane. I think people sometimes forget that it was part of that. Yeah, but uh, let's let's dive in right at the turn of the decade. We've got 1990. Uh, the first one I kind of wanted to bring up here was, <laughs> you know, talk about Batman. I mean, there's a kind of a series of movies that uh, feel like they're in a similar wheelhouse around this period of time. Batman, Dick Tracy, and then this movie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
not a deep soundtrack, not a ton of songs on it, but I just remember it fondly because I had the single tape of uh, High Tech 3 with Ya Kid K, Spin That Wheel, and then on the <laughs> flip side, Turtle Power from Partners in Crime, K-R-Y-M-E. <laughs> Uh, just played, played that thing until it stopped working. Um, and there was also, uh, this is what we do from MC hammer at the beginning of the movie. You know, that's how Sam Rockwell's big intro happens. And there's also great stuff from the score on that soundtrack. Uh, the John Dupress score. I, I love the shredder suite for instance. It's just, it's kind of a kick-ass score, uh, low key. Awesome. But, uh, you know, just at the turn of the decade, I, I, I thought I'd bring that one up because there's some interesting stuff on it, but again, not a big deep, uh, playlist or anything like that yeah it was i mean that was a movie that i was less it was funny because i when i was a kid i wanted to be a comic book artist and i was like interested in the teenage mutant turtles because they were a popular thing at that time so i would draw them and stuff but it was like the live action movies were not as much of a, a flash a cultural or a personal flashpoint for me and so you know you i'm looking at your list here it's it, you know i didn't even see this movie when it first came out i didn't see it until it was on vhs but you know also that year is goodfellas which is a movie that similarly like or at least you know that was one where the soundtrack and the music and everything was much more sort of woven into my brain immediately on this like almost molecular level of like this happens during this scene and that happens during that and all that kind of stuff and it really to me sort of like harnessed the power of somebody using um a jukebox soundtrack in the like like a platonic ideal of a way of, you know, going like, you know, and we can talk about individual songs, but I mean, you, you can, when you hear the songs that are on that soundtrack, you can immediately think of the scenes from the movie and vice versa. Totally. I mean, just what re recently seeing killers of the flower moon, there's a, there's clearly a place they could have just put Layla in again, if they wanted to, because <laughs> at the end of that movie, there's a full on like Goodfellas wrap up going on. But I also should say, before we get into this deeply, uh, normally we would do like a top 10 list. I'd have Todd come up with his list of 10. I'd do my list of 10. I think we would probably have similar lists if we did that. So we decided with this, it would just be a holistic discussion. We're going to talk about like, I don't think we're going to leave many stones unturned here. We're just going to talk about the greatness of uh, 90s movie soundtrack. So everybody just settle in and let us talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Goodfellas <laughs> is an interesting one because it's one of those examples of like, so many of the songs are not even on the actual soundtrack, you know, like Money Man, Monkey Man and uh, Gimme Shelter from Rolling Stones, the stuff from the Ronettes, the Drifters, all that kind of great period music. Uh, my Way you know, at the end, my, for sure. My Way, so good. Uh, such an epic way to close that movie with the Sid Vicious cover, you know. Uh, but the stuff that's actually on the soundtrack, you've got Tony Bennett and the Cadillacs and Sunshine of Your Love from Cream, Layla, of course. Uh, so, so it... Of itself, it is a good soundtrack, uh, but it's just funny that so much of what you remember from that movie, especially Jump Into the Fire, which to me is one of the great uses of a song in a movie of all time, Harry Nilsson, uh, not on the soundtrack. So, Or or, or what, is, uh, what is Life by uh, George Harrison. I mean, that's one to me that is like so synonymous. I mean, those songs are in a way like, you know, right sort of paired right next to one another a little bit in the movie, but like, you know you're exactly right that like you know there's these songs i think it was a year or two ago that was the first time that the goodfellas soundtrack got reissued on vinyl for the you know in, in decades and i bought it knowing that it wasn't going to have all the songs but even when i got it i was like oh man there's so many songs that appeared in the movie and whether it was about music rights or just the literally the physical size of a 
you know, of one CD, uh, which uh, notably Martin Scorsese remedied with Casino, which was a two CD soundtrack later on. But, you know, it was like the fact that it was like, oh, yeah, we'll put out one album that's got like 12 songs from Goodfellas, which had probably 30 songs in it. It was, uh, yeah. you know, it, it's it's a but I, I feel like for me as a as a movie lover it was also like a gateway drug to like go like oh man i can discover all this different kinds of music and all this other stuff so yeah i loved it it's a great toe dip for sure yeah uh, there in 91 we've got a couple of movies from our guy keanu reeves point break and bill and ted's bogus journey you know you got stuff on these from like rat and la guns i love this because it's like that last gasp of the 80s uh concrete blonde slaughter Kiss, Winger, Steve Vai, Megadeth, King's X. I mean, come on. And there's a song by Faith No More on uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, The Perfect Crime. I think it's the only place the song was ever released until they did like their kind of, you know, whatever collection later in, in their career. And Faith No More and Soundgarden are my two favorite bands. So, you know, I love that song. Uh, and it's just kind of, it's such a, a, a what do you say? Like a like a piece of time here with these two sounds. Oh, yeah, like a time cap, absolutely for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's again yeah, I mean, that, that last gasp of the '80s. Well, it's interesting, you know. You have those; those were, I mean, Point Break is a movie that I absolutely love. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, I didn't see. I might have seen it like ten years ago for the first time. For whatever reason, I just never saw the second film. I had seen the first one and not the second one. So, but they were not um, certainly musically touchstones for me. But the next uh, one that you put on this list was Boys in the Hood, and not only was that a big touchstone for me. Um, but it also uh, sort of goes back to what you were talking about, about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles soundtrack, which um, not only had these songs, but it also had uh, part of uh, Stanley Clark's score. And, you know, randomly when I was coming back from the holidays, I decided to watch half an hour of Poetic Justice on the airplane flying back. And and Stanley Clark also did a theme that went on the soundtrack album for that. And it was like, you know, I mean, maybe it was lended itself better to an addition to otherwise, you know, pop songs because there was like R&B or, or something like that, R&B or hip hop. But um, but I always remember like the sort of tracks even that Stanley Clark did on like the Boys in the Hood soundtrack and Poetic Justice as much as I do just me and you, you know, Tony, 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 uh, you know, these other records, there's a song on um, boys in the hood that samples a, like a, a Lenny Kravitz song for like a, I, I can't remember what, who does the song, but I was like, I didn't, I knew that song before I knew the Lenny Kravitz song. And I like went back and had bought like let love rule. And I was like, Oh my God. I was like, Holy, like I was exploring samples and excited about it, but it was like, you know, again, another one of those things that kind of like opened up a world for me to sort of appreciate film scoring, also soundtrack songs. And, you know, and I was a big hip hop fan. So boys in the hood, you have, uh, you did not include uh new Jack city, which for me is um, probably oh, yeah, the course. best soundtrack of all, of all time. Oh but, yeah, um, dude. What is it? Uh, Raise like a pit bull, my heart pumps nitro. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. What, what a, I mean, what, what a killer lyric. <laughs> yeah. Looking like, at me between... like, yo, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I like, I agree with you completely. It's like that um, New Jack Hustler is so good. I mean, like, even the like two live crew song on that, this is great, you know, but it's like that, that sort of cover of, 
living for the city that includes Queen Latifah that opens the movie. It's like so incredible. And then on, and then um, the other one, uh, cause I did, I did a hip hop soundtracks like ranking in like 2014 or something. And I think I, I'm trying to remember a good 20 year Juice... anniversary for some good ones, probably. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it's like, it was either juice or, uh, or, or new Jack city were like the one and two because the juice soundtrack, I mean, quite frankly, if that soundtrack had only been Eric B and Rakim's no ledge, it probably would still deserve to be at the top of that list. But it also like, there's, you know, all those other songs by big daddy Kane. And, uh, is that like the naughty by great... nature, uh, uptown anthem on there too? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uptown That's my anthem. favorite naughty by I mean, nature song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, um, and then there's also like, uh, uh salt pepper song i mean there's just like yeah. some amazing stuff on that um let's not mention sure. the the stuff that's not on my list let's just pretend that i've got just every single <laughs> soundtrack that I, I i remembered everything i gave todd just a big list of stuff we'll just kind of plow through on this well no and, i love I like the thing bad is I for leaving off like new a... jack city because that is an amazing soundtrack i mean no doubt yeah yeah I was going to really, I was going to spend like an hour just berating you for not including it, but, uh, but you know, <laughs> you would have been, you would have been right to, uh, cool, cool thing about boys in the hood or interesting thing to me, you know, boys in the hood and menace to society. I think, uh, high five and too short are on both of those, which is, I don't know, mm. interesting feather in their caps. That's too short with a dollar yeah, that, sign folks. The menace of society, uh, the MC eight song straight up menace is like, oh, God. that was always one of my favorite that was that was it i was like holy crap i mean you know certainly uh being in in college in north carolina um uh i was far removed from the world of those characters but it was very uh vividly realized in in those songs yeah dude uh we'll get to menace in just a moment uh as you can tell we're sort of going chronologically here 92 i mean one of the big soundtracks of the entire decade the bodyguard i mean what else is left to say whitney houston just crushing it yeah, I bought that. I bought I bought a cassette of that for a girl because I because Naturally. I liked her. Yeah, but uh, but that was I mean like I didn't you know that was another one where I was like I was sixteen or seventeen and you know I, I loved I'm Every Woman the version that she sings and I didn't know the Shaka Khan version before that you know it's like mm -hmm. things like that but those songs I mean almost start to finish is just completely unfuckwittable. It's just so. Uh, you Queen know, of the night, so man. well done. Yeah, you know, Queen of the Night is so really, hard. I, I love it. Yeah, yeah, and they just, you know, I mean, because they they really do like tell, you know, it's like they tell the story while also just being great songs by themselves, which is a really difficult needle to thread with with a lot of a, a lot of movies. I mean, you know, we talked about Batman, for example. Listen, and that is a soundtrack that I love, and I know you love as well, but when you listen to those songs you're like those are batman songs that's not just like a regular you know like oh yeah i'm just gonna listen to bat dance right now and that's a cool pop song which it was yeah. but it also is like a movie about batman i mean a song about batman and these other ones you can listen to if it's her you know cover of dolly partner whatever it is it's you're just like holy shit these are amazing songs and they also fit perfectly with the movie my buddy actually christmas present this year this past year got me all of the singles from prince's uh batman stuff like the single oh, that's amazing like he, he he tracked down all of them for me i was like this is awesome that's incredible that's amazing how much money do you think dolly parton made off the bodyguard oh my lord i mean <laughs> probably set her up i mean yeah better I mean, than like, she already you know, was certainly yeah i mean her career was not you know i mean it wasn't like she was like yeah. gone but it's like 
whatever the licensing was on that has got to be, you know, astronomical, quite frankly. So, and Whitney owns that song. Uh, after that, I mean, I'm sure Dolly would say the same. I mean, good lord, yeah. uh, it was on. It was it was number one for like what some, some something crazy like twelve weeks or something. Yeah, it was a it was a really insane run. It was like really, for sure. And anytime you can get Kenny G and Aaron Neville together on something, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. So, so uh, we're moving into Quentin Tarantino now, Reservoir Dogs. I, I, you know, we're going to talk about him again in just a moment, obviously, but uh, his soundtracks are always interesting because they include dialogue from the movie as well. Uh, so the, the soundtrack kind of takes on a whole other feel um, as this sort of totem from the movie. But the stuff on there, Little Green Bag, uh, hooked on a feeling. I got gotcha, you. Magic carpet ride. We remember all of it. Stuck in the middle with you, obviously. Coconut at the end. I mean, just I, I had this one when I was in high school and just listened to it all the time. Great compilation. Yeah, I remember ordering it, and it and it came in a long box when they still made those. Ah, uh, yes. Um, and uh, and you know, like it was interesting that uh, he got like I guess he couldn't get the rights for the Steppenwolf version of Magic Carpet Ride, but. Um, yeah. But, you know, these other songs like Joe Tex, I didn't know at all, like at the time, you know, I mean, these were all it, it became this thing for me. I mean, like, you know, it was interesting that Scorsese was able to like basically like, you know, pick a spot in the outfield. And he's like, I'll get the Rolling Stones to do this. Whereas right. um, Tarantino would find these songs that were, you know, 70s AM obscurities, which launched my own obsession with finding all these like great 70s AM songs am radio songs and um but the but these the ones that were on this are so again they're so evocative and in fact like you know not to be you know denigrating somebody else but i just remember when guardians of the galaxy came out and like hooked on a feeling was on there i'm like i'm like totally. no guys you can't use that song it's a reservoir dog song i mean like you know there's just certain yeah. ones where you're like it's like if somebody decided to use the piano outro from layla in another movie i think they would just be like laughed out of the theater you know i mean like now yeah. this piano outro from layla is not the same thing as hooked on a feeling by blue swede but but like you know it was one of those things that to me having watched reservoir dogs a hundred times probably literally like i couldn't get past that when i was watching guardians of the galaxy i'm like there's plenty of songs you guys could have chosen you know but but um but he did a uh tarantino just did like an amazing job with that and got the fact that he got um what's his name to to do the sort of radio steven inter wright intermissions yeah 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 steven wright like was just kind of like perfect uh for me totally yeah, and speaking of uh, hooked on a feeling, I mean to say nothing of the Alan McBeal uh, dancing baby. I mean, it's like we we've kind we've kind of done it, folks. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Sticking in '92, Wayne's World. I always, I had this tape. I was a big fan of the Wayne's World soundtrack. Uh, if for no other reason, it brought Bohemian Rhapsody to a whole new fan base. Oh, um, put it back on the charts. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's kind of a it's a nice little soundtrack. Hot and bothered from Cinderella. I was always a big fan of. Uh, the Chili Pepper song, Sick of Mechanico, uh, Ballroom Blitz, Tia Carrera getting a little action in there, Foxy Lady. Feed My Frankenstein is awesome. I love that song from Alice Cooper. There's this great story about how it, it ended up in there. Uh, you know, Shep Gordon, who uh, represented uh, Alice Cooper, um, he had the documentary about him a few years ago that Mike Myers made. Hmm. But um, he had this story about, you know, negotiating to get Alice Cooper's 
song in there and he he wanted to, him to perform feed my frankenstein live and they were like no we want to do schools out and he said just put schools out over the credits and people will forget that that's not the song that they heard in the middle of the movie because he's working for his client trying to get like a hotter yeah. new song in there or whatever and uh and that's what they did they did feed my frankenstein in the live portion when they go to the concert in there and uh and you know there's a manager doing his job but i just thought that was kind of cool. yeah <laughs> For sure. And then I, was sure. was Loud Love in the, in the movie? Because I saw that on like an extended version of the soundtrack or something. And I know All Night Thing was like in the movie Temple of Dog, but it, of the dog, but it wasn't uh, on the soundtrack. So I, I put those you question know, marks there because I remember something about that. Yeah, I don't, you know, the that's that's a soundtrack that I know primarily, like looking through it, it's like I know, you know, Dreamweaver, I know Bohemian Rhapsody, but it wasn't one I knew as well as some of these other ones um mm -hmm. but uh so i so I, I don't think i can help you with yeah. to answer that question for you well speaking of soundgarden um if, if i was gonna say a number one all-time 90s soundtrack this would be it singles 1992 i mean look at these look at these tracks wood <laughs> birth ritual state of love and trust breath seasons which was written for the movie um i believe uh, just and not even I think that was this the story where he wrote it and and recorded it just to be on a tape like on the set. And then uh, 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 what's the guy from Pearl Jam um, did did some uh, some artwork and it was just it was just like a production design element. Like, let's have some tapes lying around. And Chris Cornell went the extra like leg of actually recording seasons. And then it turns out it's <laughs> this baller song. Um, I even love the Paul Westerberg stuff, Dyslexic Heart and uh, Waiting for Somebody. And then you get some stuff like uh, Battle of Evermore from the Lovemongers, Crown of Thorns, So Good, Mother Love Bone. I'm a, I'm a huge grunge guy. Mud Honey, Jimmy. You got to get some Jimi Hendrix in a Seattle movie. Screaming Trees, Smashing Pumpkins, just banger after banger on the soundtrack. And then they put out the big expanded version a few years back with the vinyl that I definitely own. My favorite <laughs> soundtrack from the 90s right here, man. Well, you know, it's funny because, like, I mean, I think it just is a demarcation point between you and myself because I certainly was around and I embraced uh, grunge, uh, I would say, semi-heartedly, not, uh, you know, not wholeheartedly. But I, but it's like a lot of these bands I really liked. But ironically, the song that actually stands out for me the most on this, uh, that was on the single soundtrack was, um, was that they play um blue train by john coltrane in the movie and i'd already seen mo better blues which is still one of my favorite movies it was the movie that got me into jazz but listening to blue train um as uh, you know he's going through his like heartbreak in the movie or whatever was like so pivotal to me and it's hilarious that this movie that is emblematic singularly emblematic of the explosion of grunge what i took away from it was a jazz track from like 1960 um you know it was That's so it was just like i was yeah yeah i mean <laughs> but yeah that was that was the one i always like i mean i put uh wood on on my list of the mental my mental floss list for the 90s soundtracks because that song is incredible but uh but it was i had to sort of resist the impulse to put um a, a mention of that uh that john coltrane track which by the way is really fantastic well no doubt uh and by the way i mean birth ritual and wood you see them live in the movie these epic live performances of them um just just good shit but i'm yeah. a little younger than todd so i guess i embrace it more 
<laughs> All right, Minister Society, we talked about uh, Spice One, MC8, Too Short, The Lynch Mob. I mean, come on, Pete Rock and CL Smooth, High Five, DJ Quick, just, you know, what you want on a soundtrack like that. Yeah. And I, Minister Society is my favorite uh, of, of the movies of this era. You know, I guess they call them hood movies. But, uh, you know, Boys in the Hood, Minister Society, Juice, all this stuff. Minister Society is so good and killer soundtrack. So it is. It is. No, I mean, you know, it's like uh, Juice is probably the one for me just because that was like so formative and turn. And, and also, as a person who was obsessed with DJing and figuring all that stuff out, that movie was, of course, more in my wheelhouse. But this is a movie that I wouldn't disagree with you is, is, uh, is uh, totally amazing. It's so powerful. We got to yeah. talk about Judgment Night here, man. I mean, I'm a huge yeah. Judgment Night fan to begin just the movie. I, I've always loved it. But that soundtrack was like low-key groundbreaking with its mix of For like, sure. you know, metal and, and rap. And you've got stuff from Helmet and House of Pain, stuff from Teenage Fan Club and De La Soul, Living Color and Run DMC. These kind of pairings, Biohazard and Onyx being the big one. Uh, Slayer and Ice-T, Faith No More and Booyah Tribe. I mean, come on. Sonic Youth and Cypress Hill. <laughs> Look at these pairings. I forget that Del the Funky Homo Sapien was on it with Dinosaur Jr. Yeah. Pearl Jam yeah. and Cypress Hill. I mean, they need to do this kind of thing again. I don't know who the groups would be, but uh, just a killer kind of, and all original stuff, right? I think all of these were original to the movie. And whoever had the idea to yeah, do I this, for so. this, this movie that's not like, it doesn't have a huge footprint, this movie. Like, people forget no. about Judgment Night, um, but it's just it's this not a great movie. I mean, it's, soundtrack. It's, Oh, fuck yeah. that. It's a great movie. I love this movie. <laughs> Big fan of Judgment Night. Stephen Hopkins, yeah. Alan Silvestri, kind of Predator-esque score. I love it. Mm. But that's I was not. The thing is, I, I never liked Stephen Hopkins. I just thought he was a bad filmmaker. But that's neither here nor there. But the fall, but Fallen by TH Fan Club and Dale La Soul was the song that I just like glommed onto and listened to just like over and over. I was obsessed. I love Dale La Soul already. But like that song to me was just like incredible. And it was interesting that like Ice-T did that song with Slayer. Because at that point he already had done yeah, body count, created body count. So it was yeah. like he kind of, I mean, he could have just done a body count song, which I think maybe just would have violated the terms of the rap rock combo. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great, you know, it's an iconic soundtrack for sure. Freak Mama by Mud Honey and Sir Mix a Lot. That's kind of <laughs> fun too because Sir Mix a Lot's from Seattle, right? I th think he is. I think so. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of so. cool. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Days to Confused. I mean, a great compilation. This this is like this is full of stuff that's not on the actual soundtrack too. I think uh, Sweet Emotion being the the big one from Aerosmith. But you've got Rock yeah. and Roll Hoochie Coo and Slow. I mean, we all know the songs: School's Out, Stranglehold, Cherry Bomb, Low Rider, Tuesday's Gone, Rock and Roll All Night, Paranoid. I mean, just this is this is one of my favorite movies of all time. We're talking about yeah. here, and uh, the scary thing is. Let's see. This was like 20 years later, right? Like these are all songs from like early to mid 70s. So if they did this yeah, movie well, now, I mean, yeah, you'd yeah. be talking about like songs from 2004. They'd be putting Hey Ya on, <laughs> on it if we did like Days to Confuse Today or something. Yeah. <laughs> kind of scary well, to they, think about. But. You know, they did, you know, that was a that was a movie where they had the foresight to to make a Days and Confuse and a more Days and Confuse. So there were two volumes of the yeah. soundtrack which still none of them ever had sweet emotion on it but um but you know was the thing for me that was exciting was on the more days and confused they they put um uh, summer breeze by seals and cross which is probably like you know that's the song that makes me turn into like 
uh, Anton Ego and Ratatouille. It's like so singularly associated, reminds me of like my childhood. And I was like, when I heard that at the end of the movie, they're like laying on that blanket and uh, Mitch is like with the girl. And I was like, oh my God. And, you know, but, uh, but it's a, it's a great, great soundtrack. Couple of musical movies we got to talk about: Nightmare Before Christmas and Lion King. Uh, big, big hits. Um, obviously, the Danny Elfman stuff from Nightmare Before Christmas, the Elton John stuff from Lion King. Um, original, original material for musical movies that uh, charted. And I, do we get that much anymore? I don't know. I mean, we don't get many musical movies anymore, but certainly not stuff that lives in the zeitgeist like these did. So well, I mean, I will say that song, that Billie Eilish song from Barbie, like, I mean, is incredible for one. Mm-hmm. But I think it actually, as much as uh, I'm a person who doesn't really listen to the radio anymore, not for any particular reason other than just my self-absorption in my iTunes. Um, but you know, it's like that song t- to me, I think, really like struck a nerve, you know, in a mm-hmm. way, even mm-hmm. more so than a lot of Billie Eilish's own, you know, material for her own album. Um, but that, but you know but i mean that's sort of the to me in my opinion that probably the exception that proves the rule of what you're saying yeah and it's no hakuna matata i mean let's just be <laughs> honest with that's true they you know <laughs> billy eilish did not you know billy eilish could never do hakuna matata i think <laughs> she should try forrest yes. gump the soundtrack this was a big one for me when i was growing up because it was just it was a place to collect all of these songs you know this kind of Obviously, Forrest Gump is like an era spanning movie. So you've got this great era spanning soundtrack. And they got so many of them onto the double disc that they put out. Stuff from Elvis Presley, Joan Baez, Credence Clearwater Revival, Aretha Franklin, Bob Dylan, Mamas and Papas. I mean, just the the kind of Woodstock era on into the 70s. And uh, naturally, you get a little Sweet Home Alabama in there, given where Mr. Gump is from. Uh, Three Dog Night, Jackson Brown, Fleetwood Mac. I mean... Again, just being able to have all of these songs in one place was kind of cool back then. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, I, I will say that in 1994, I was like reaching like pink peak uh, move, movie snob level. And so that was the year, you know, Pulp Fiction came out, which we're about to talk about. But, you know, it was like that That was a movie that I saw five, literally five times in the first week, including twice back to back on the opening day of Pulp Fiction. Um, and you know, and Forrest Gump uh, was a film that I had very mixed feelings about, and I kind of still do, but, but uh, as, as, as undeniably good and entertaining as I recognize it is to me, it was like kind of a, uh, I mean, it is, it's a clearinghouse for like all these incredible uh, pop song standards for, you know, multiple decades. And so these are all great songs, but like, to me, it was like, kind of just like, line drives the whole time whereas by comparison and this is sort of just where i was mentally um and and sort of philosophically with movies in 1994 was that like the songs that were in pulp fiction were the polar opposite of that and i think that's why they resonated more strongly with me i mean jungle boogie you know let's stay together these were not songs that were you know high profile in the zeitgeist but they were you know, at the time of their own releases, like kind of like big songs and he unearthed and, and gave them new life as opposed to going, yeah, we all know that, uh, you know, turn, turn, turn is a, is a banger, you know, sure. it's like, these were things where you're like, 
let's stay together like almost this that appearance on the pulp fiction soundtrack almost single-heartedly resuscitated al green's career so you know i mean you you mentioned alec mcbeal he went on alec mcbeal later i think probably in no small part because of the resurgence that happened as a result of let's stay together being on the pulp fiction soundtrack pulp fiction is forever goaded as soundtracks go i think we all had it in the car i think we all had it in our (laughs) disc man uh uh busting surfboards this is the stuff i loved son of a preacher man um great girl you'll be a woman soon cover from urge overkill surf rider at the end i mean yeah that that one got played out for sure also in 94 is uh you know the greatest movie of all time speed just a note um the the crow soundtrack was a big one i I remember i've always thought that nine inch nails cover of dead souls is better than the joy division dead souls i don't know if that's a hot take probably is but (laughs) i just think it it's more fitting with nine inch nails um but that was just a killer roster of bands for uh somebody like me anyway the cure stone temple pilots rage against the machine violent films rollins band pantera um that that was a, that was a big one for me. I just I remember those commercials and stuff well as well, and like the comic book ads that just listed the bands, and you're just like, I got to get this soundtrack. So that was a fun one. Reality bites, uh, you know, a different one. Um, you know, stuff like My Sharona and Bed of Roses, and obviously Lisa Loeb. Stay, I missed you. Uh, that was that hit your your list as well. Um, All I want is you from U two. Great U two song. Uh, cheesy baby, I love your way. Big Mountain. Uh, was that a cover? That's a cover, right? Yeah. Well, I think the one on the soundtrack was. I mean, the one yeah, that was yeah. on the disc, and but they might have yeah. played the. I don't remember. You know, uh, they had some um, Dinosaur Junior in there. So, Reality yeah, Bites always kind of looms as a uh, as a big '90s soundtrack. I think. I mean, I think that it is. I mean, I think it's totally emblematic of the '90s, as much as anything, because of its depiction of you know, it's characters at that age and sort of what their cultural reference points were to have my Sharona, you know, and these other things along with Lisa Loeb and these other, uh, these other like contemporaneous songs for sure. Um, But both the crow and reality bites were soundtracks that I didn't know as well. The only song that I, the one on the crow that really resonated with me, I love stone temple pilots. So big empty is still one of my favorite, of their songs like i like their second album better than their first and big empty is on there and that song is just absolutely insanely good so good um i watch that movie every devil's night <laughs> uh sticking in 94 above the rim i mean obviously regulate uh that's a big deal regulate I think, yeah and uh for this, folks like us this soundtrack i'm not i'm not sure if above the rim was released on it might have been released on death row because a lot of this is death row artists yeah, but that's true. you know this that's true. was the lady of rage this was the this was the era that you know after the chronic and doggy style like death row just like they put out we, we it's it's a soundtrack to a movie that doesn't really exist it's kind of like a soundtrack to a music video but murder was the case which was another album you know that uh-huh. had all these people that they brought together and they were just like blanketing the music industry with these songs that's like big pimpin on the above above the rim soundtrack is one of my favorites that that remix of anything with wu-tang is so good it's so good i was thinking about it today swv yeah man yeah 
Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of these in 94. I, I threw Street Fighter on here. I don't know it well, actually, but it does come up with people talk about it whenever you get into like 90s movie soundtracks. And it is, it is an interesting assortment of groups like Ice Cube, Nas, Far Side. I think all of these were original songs too. LL Cool J, MC Hammer, and Deion Sanders. You read that right. Uh, Chuck D, Another Level, and The Bums. You know, just I, I believe all of these were original songs. So it's just an interesting one to note for a movie that doesn't seem like it would have these groups, uh, no, these acts and, associated with it. And I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that was a, the, as a whole. I don't know the soundtrack that well, but there was um, there's one song on the soundtrack which is, um, it's called uh, God. What is I, now I got to think about what it's called, but it but it's like Safir, Ahmad, and Roscas, and it is yeah. like this like unbelievably good song that just like you know because those those were not guys that were as popular as Ice Cube and Nas and and the Far Side at I'm that with time, it. but that song is it. yeah come with it yeah is for my money like one of the best song one of the best hip hop singles of the nineties. It's so good. It's just incredible. I threw Natural Born Killers on here just because of the assortment of folks. Leonard Cohen, L7, Patti Smith, Cowboy Chunkies, Bob Dylan, Dwayne Eddy, Nine Inch Nails. Another one with Dr. Dre on there. Yeah, Yeah, Dr. Dre. Nine Inch Nails, they used, uh, what's the song? Uh, Something I Can Never Have, one of my favorites from Nine Inch Nails. Uh, Then you get stuff like Peter Gabriel and Patsy Cline. And then Juliette Lewis as well. Yeah. Uh, so I just yeah. tossed it's a, it on it's there. A, it is really a great soundtrack. I mean, like, you know, that was another one that I, I, I recall, I think I reviewed when I was in, when I was in uh, college because it was so rich and, and diverse. And quite frankly, to me, it epitomized what I wish more soundtracks then and now were like, which is that they encompass a lot of different genres because that's what's needed. I mean, you know, you have to sort of take with a grain of salt what Oliver Stone was doing, whether or not you like the movie, which I do. But, you know, but it's like that movie itself, because of its eclecticism, drew out all of these really random kinds of things. And I used to love that more than I would love even, you know, as good as some of these like hip hop soundtracks or grunge soundtracks. I loved ones that really had like a wide spectrum where you're like, oh, this song is just appropriate for the movie. And it happens to not fit what all the rest of the songs are, but it's a great song. And I think the movie is such a pastiche that it really works um, yeah. as a listening experience, much less in, on in the film. I think this next one has a, a good spectrum too. The Batman Forever soundtrack was just a mainstay for me. <clears throat> Obviously mm-hmm. the two big hits were from U2 and Seal, Hold Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me, and uh, Kiss From a Rose, which was on your list. But you've got great songs from PJ Harvey, Brandy. Uh, I love the Massive Attack song, The Hunter Gets Captured by the Game. I love, love, love the Michael Hutchins uh, cover of The Passenger. I've always loved that jam. Uh, Method Man, The Riddler. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I like off- that Method Man song. It's good. That, that's good stuff. Uh, Sunny Day Real Estate, Flaming Lips. I mean, it's just a it's it's a weirdly, uh, I, I don't know if eclectic's the word, but certainly varied soundtrack for a Batman movie. And then they tried it again with Batman and Robin not as successfully you had like jewel and uh, smashing pumpkins and stuff like this but uh this one's a good well i mean like i think what happened i think to i mean i think to your point i think what happened was like uh, there's one level which is like for better for worse with oliver stone and natural born killers where you're choosing songs that are best for the movie and then i think what happened was like how much can we assemble a murderer's row of like hit makers 
to bring them so you bring them so at the first soundtrack does well you do another one you're like who can we get on here who's like you know gonna knock it out of the park and what you end up with is a really discordant collection of people that may or may not fit the movie much less suit one another and uh so you know you kind of like go back and forth and certain things work and certain things don't and i think that's why a lot of it falls off in our memories yeah clueless is next i mean uh talk about goaded i mean just a great soundtrack mm -hmm. um our guy ralph saw the uh executive record producer on speed he he did this one as well uh he actually wrote rolling with my homies uh so <laughs> those of you who uh remember that well from coolio can uh i think by now they would know that because they will have heard the last episode <laughs> but it's uh it's kind of cool that he had his fingers in that but you've got an interesting mix uh mighty mighty boss tones uh you know there's a great general public drop at the end that's not on the soundtrack tenderness um but that that ought to be mentioned as well kids in america I'm, i'd be curious if know. i'd be curious if this was released by capital it wouldn't surprise me because you got luscious jackson you got the beastie boys you got radiohead i mean you know radiohead when they were post creep trying to i mean i love that that album the bends um which yeah. although i had not yet discovered it but i mean like that record is so different than than uh, their first album that like you know it's it's a really remarkable thing and then also we talked about this before we started which is that this was the movie with which at least in my memory that uh just a girl by no doubt is synonymous which was not on the mm -hmm. soundtrack but it was in the movie um and that's you know i think it also really encapsulates so many of the ideas and themes of of the movie totally uh you can't talk about the 90s without talking about Babyface. <laughs> so i've got waiting to exhale on here um you know everybody remembers the hits exhale shoop shoop from uh, whitney houston why does it hurt so bad let it flow from tony braxton brandy sitting up in my room uh this is a fun exercise by the way i feel like i'm reliving the 90s in like <laughs> like a speed run yeah uh, tlc swv mary j blige faith evans i mean uh, in addition to shaka khan aretha franklin patty labelle just a great collection yeah Friday, same year. Uh, you got to talk about Friday, Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, keep their heads ringing. This is this is the movie that the VHS has, has the the video at the end of uh, keep their heads ringing. So it's <laughs> uh, it's just kind of fun when you're done with the movie and it's like, oh yeah, we get a a music video, that great Scarface and song. You have stuff on here. I think like they did a you know a traditional like hip hop soundtrack, and then I think they did like a old school Friday, which was like all of the yeah, like Bootsy Collins and Isley Brothers, Brothers and stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a it's a fun, Rick James that two live crew song yeah. that shows up whenever. Uh, what's her name? Uh, I forgot the girlfriend's name. Anyway, whenever she shows up, I can't either. I can't remember. Hoochie Mama. Whenever that song plays, you know. So anyway. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I had uh, Empire Records on repeat quite a bit when I was uh, in high school. Uh, I especially loved stuff like A Girl Like You from Edwin Collins, and uh, you know. I like some of the soft mid '90s stuff, like Jim Blossoms, <laughs> if you if you will, Toad the Wet Sprocket. I'm I'm right in there. I'm okay with it. Cracker shows yeah, up I on had, a number of soundtracks in the '90s. By the way, I think that's interesting. Yeah, I had. Uh, I I'll say that by this point, I had kind of like checked out of pop grunge. Again, I, I fess completely to my own pretentiousness or whatever. But these were just things that didn't resonate with me anymore. So this was 
a movie and a soundtrack that I was not a huge fan of, but um, but you know, more power to anybody who who liked it. So, so you mean you weren't bumping Space Jam? Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> I wasn't. Um, you know, I mean, there were other. I mean, like the thing is that there was like I think this was this is like ninety six, which is I'm not sure if it was ninety six or ninety seven, but like New Jersey Drive, that movie doesn't have a tremendously huge footprint but the there were it was a two volume soundtrack which uh first of all cemented nobody beats the biz by biz Marquis in my mind but there were black moon there were like all of these like new york underground hip-hop people on there and that was like the stuff that i was just like grabbing onto and like absolutely becoming obsessed with but i mean you know i mean you're talking about i mean the space jam soundtrack like there were lots of really good songs on so even though it wasn't something that i listened to that much um th- i mean you know i heard i heard I did, those songs i, I, as I, much did, as I didn't else. bump the space jam soundtrack myself i'm just giving you shit but yeah i mean you know the quad city dj song was pretty uh hard to escape that year the space jam uh title track obviously i believe i can fly and uh fly like an eagle from seal uh hit him high from be real buster rhymes coolio ll cool j method man i mean holy shit those guys on one song yeah. it's kind of awesome uh the monstars uh theme i think is what that was called <laughs> yeah yeah i think you're right folks like d'angelo monica salt and peppa all for one and jay-z shows up with r kelly on a song there too so that's kind of yeah. interesting oh and I, I had to throw this on there just because i've never seen the words collected together in one phrase spin doctors featuring biz marquee <laughs> uh. I, only man, in 96 I, I guess so, so much but you're absolutely right that is like <laughs> one of those things you're like yeah that's not something i ever expected to read a sentence that included those romeo and juliet uh baz lorman uh just a killer soundtrack number one crush was the big one um obviously uh the love fool uh cardigans love fool i think that was on your list talk show well, host from radiohead was... is on there and uh well, I, am I wrong about exit music for a film being the exit music for that film? Uh, I don't I feel like it was. Remember, It's been a long time since I watched that movie, but because it's um, not on the soundtrack, but um, I just, I recall that being the case, but yeah, but love fool to me was bigger than because that was a pop song. I mean, like, you know, mm-hmm. it was like garbage, like number one crush was a, a big single for garbage. And I think a, you know, a, a strong breakthrough, moment for them but love fool was one of those things because it came with this incredible story which was you have the cardigans as band this like uh, swedish norwegian uh band that you know was doing these like you know bubblegum covers of like black sabbath and that was like this and that was like the narrative of the band irrespective of this song and this song is like so unbelievably catchy that you it's just irresistible um and so that yeah. was the one that I, I i like i went down i followed them and i like was like mm-hmm. can i get their old albums you know like they're doing covers of these you know dark songs you know whatever yeah i put train spotty on here that's that always comes up i mean mm. uh just just the the lineup of folks iggy pop primal scream sleeper new order pop blur lou reed elastica uh bedrock pulp left field underworld i mean it's just a uh, very different from some of the stuff we're talking about here but very crucial to what the movie is i mean it's just the essence of the movie is in this collection of songs i feel like so yeah and you know the, i remember when i saw train spotting in 
like London the summer that it came out before it came out in the US. And um, and I was like sort of semi uh, like obsessed with all that, with like Britpop and things like that. So Pulp and these other bands were ones that I really loved. But also like those Underworld tracks are just like, like also unfuckwittable. I mean, like, you know, mm-hmm. not just the song that's the, you know, sort of theme that's used a couple of times in the movie, but like when he's detoxing, you know, I mean, those things were like really, there's the, there's that amazing Brian Eno track when he goes down in the toilet, you know, those, mm-hmm. those things to me also speak to the idea. What I think is really powerful about the movie is that when I watched it the first time, I'm like, when is this supposed to be set? Like, I was like, is this set in like the eighties? Like it would, I couldn't quite figure it out. And there's like this amazing combination of like having Iggy Pop's nightclubbing and perfect day by Lou Reed. And then also this like really super modern electronic music and then Brit pop and the way that all those things fit together to me made the whole thing feel kind of a little bit out of time while also being a period piece. And it's, and mm-hmm. also just being like start to finish like banger after banger, just great songs. No doubt. Lost Highway was a favorite of mine. I mean, oh. ostensibly two big, two big songs off of this perfect drug from nine inch nails and I from, from smashing pumpkins. But you know, there's also I'm deranged from David Bowie. There's a couple of Mar- Marilyn Manson songs, particularly his, uh, I put a spell on you cover. Um, Lou, Lou Reed, this magic moment has a special place in the film. Ramstein's Ramstein. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there was another Ramstein song on one of these soundtracks, or I think Du Hast is in something. But uh, and then and then interspersed, you have Angelo Badalamenti and Trent, Trent Reznor instrumental stuff. Uh, I love that soundtrack, and that's low key my favorite David Lynch movie. So, wow. Well, I think you know, it's funny, we didn't mention my personal favorite which is which is uh wild at heart uh earlier because oh, yes and that movie had one of the most iconic songs of like 1992 which was wicked game by chris isaac you know yeah. but one of the things that i love about david lynch is you know i mean he's irrepress irrepressibly weird uh and i mean this not in a like a oh he's weird for normal people he's weird for any people but the fact that he would put together these soundtracks that like, you know, in, in Wild at Heart that had like this like metal stuff and then Elvis and then here, you know, it's like having like Antonio Carlos Jobim and then like having, I mean, the perfect drug was for me like this thing where I could not have been more excited for what I thought Nine Inch Nails was going to do next after the downward spiral. Cause I was like, if he's going to be doing this percussive, like drum and bass stuff and that drum break in the perfect drug is one of my all time favorite moments in a song. Oh, so good. Uh, you know, that I was like, this is what I want. And then of course, when they came out with the fragile, he was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. And he, <laughs> yeah, you know, and that record is amazing, but it was not this thing that I had set up in my brain is what I wanted next from Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Um, I'm going to skip over one of these for a moment and combine three because I just think suburbia, cruel intentions, and can't hardly wait can kind of be lumped together in a way. When you look at these bands, uh, Elastica, Sonic Youth, Girls Against Boys, Beck, Uncle, Super Chunk, Butthole Surfers, Flaming Lips, Placebo, Fat Boy Slim, Blur. I mean, does this not conjure an era? Counting Crows, Marcy Playground, Amy Mann, <laughs> The Verve, uh, Third Eye Blind, Smash Mouth, Blink 182, Missy Elliott. Uh, I mean, you know, 
not that these movies are similar, but uh, they certainly yeah. seem to be f uh, like feasting on the same, uh, you know, high schooler appetite, I feel, uh, when it came yeah, to I soundtracks. Mean, you know, I, I like Suburbia was one that I listened to and knew, of course, uh, but like Can't Hardly Wait was this really interesting thing where like there were a lot of like the, the sort of grunge pop stuff that I was not as much of a fan of, but like the fact that it's got that amazing remix of uh turn it up by buster rhymes that's got the mm -hmm. uh the knight rider theme and then um the hit him with the he uh by missy elliott that's a remix that like two-thirds of the way through the song samples bjork and it's like this string arrangement that gets worked into the song and like i never bought it was like i never bought the soundtrack and i was always like how do i get that song because i needed that incredible remix but you know there's it's it also has a sort of in a slightly different slightly younger but similar way as like you know reality bites by having parliament by having you know it's tricky you know paradise city which wasn't on the mm -hmm. soundtrack but like the fact that it used those songs that were like these cultural uh, flashpoints for the characters was to kind of like go this is what young kids are and this is what they're inheriting at the same time which i i think is a it's you know again an, a good uh, time capsule of the era whether or not the whole thing is necessarily a great soundtrack yeah and i think it's tricky in particular i feel like it sparked that song for a whole new uh you know not generation because we're so we were of the generation who came up with it, it's tricky but it's just like oh yeah it's tricky Let's let's bring that back, you know. Yeah. Just, just yeah, yeah. the throwback of it all, you know. Um, yeah, and then you mentioned "Cruel Intentions," and it's like "Praise You" by Fatboy Slim. I mean, that was such a massive song, but that was, of course, also the moment of big beat and electronica sort of filtering its way into pop, you know, into the pop charts. And so you had, you know, stuff like that, and um, and you know, those are those are songs that were. I mean, I, again, they speak so much to that specific moment when you could have a song like Praise You and it was like on the radio all, all the time, you know, yeah. even though it's like this, you know, electronic dance song. Totally. Um, Godzilla, the album. I mean, let's go. Uh, oh, my God. He, Heroes, the cover from Wallflowers. Uh, Come with me. When Puff Daddy and Jimmy Page uh, oh. lives long in infamy, um, deeper underground Jamira Kwai, I, I like that song. No Shelter, Rage Against the Machine, I like that song. Um, then you've got bands like Foo Fighters, Green Day, Silver Chair, Fuel, Days of the New, uh, very mid to late '90s assortment. But uh, the two big ones, or the the big one, was Come with Me, obviously. So, what do you have to say about well, Godzilla, bro? Uh, well, I mean. I mean, other than it's a terrible movie, um, you know, I would, it's, it's funny you were like lumping some of these together. I would lump together the soundtrack to Godzilla and to City of Angels, because to me, yeah. they were movies that did not live up to their, uh, that, that did not live up to their soundtracks. And, you know, I mean, I, I didn't listen to that much of the Godzilla soundtrack, so it's not something that was that vivid in my mind, but like City of Angels has that absolutely phenomenal i wasn't even a fan of alanis morissette but the song that she did for that was so good to me that i like it like changed my opinion of her but it's mm -hmm. like that you know those were soundtracks where you're like oh yeah this was something people bought and they wanted it really badly never mind the fact that it was associated with this horrifying 
or not very good movie. I think my second date was City of Angels. Um, <laughs> my first date was uh, uh, Romeo and Juliet. So there you go. What was the Alana <laughs> song from? Uh, I'm trying to remember the, the oh uninvited, and then the Google Doll song Iris as well. Yeah, um, yeah, and the, when I did the mental floss, when I did the mental floss list, I put the Goo Goo Dolls because that was the song that was like such a massive hit. But the the Alanis Morissette song for me was just like it was so good. It was like oh man, it was just fantastic. Yeah. All right, and into the final year, when I graduated high school, 1999, uh, the Matrix. I had this. Uh, I think I traded this. In fact, for something. <laughs> It was the day I traded it for. Yeah. I think I traded it for. I think I traded Eminem for this, maybe. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, Marilyn Manson, Propeller Heads, Ministry, uh, Rob D, Prodigy, The Prodigy, I should say. Not the rapper, the uh, the band. Uh, Rob Zombie, Deftones, Monster Magnet. There it is. Duhast from Ramstein. <laughs> and then obviously the movie ends with Wake Up from Rage Against the Machine. Um, you know, a thoughtful soundtrack for the movie in a, in a sense. Yeah. I mean, like spy break by itself is another one, like praise you where you're like, how did this song end up anywhere in the world of pop? But it was a, gr- I mean, it, th- I mean, the propeller heads were great. They had, they were like such a band of the moment. Like I, I think like a year ago or a, a little while ago, I was like trying to see what else they had done. And they just kind of stopped after that one album um, they maybe did some production stuff, but they just kind of stopped. But like that was a song that was like su- such of the moment. But I don't know if you agree with me, but like that Rob D, that Rob Dugan song, Club to Death, was like the centerpiece of the music in the movie for me. Like the whole thing, because yeah. it's like played during that scene with the girl in the red dress. And it was just like it's got that that incredible um, that incredible drum beat. And then it's got this the mix. It's so you know, ambient and encompassing. That was like one where I was like, I don't even care about the rest of these songs. Again, it's one of those where I'd almost buy it just for that one song. And I subsequently bought uh, like the 12 inch of just that one song so that I could listen to all these other versions of it. But it's, uh, but it's another great soundtrack where they really use the music really smartly in the movie. Totally. 10 things I hate about you comes up on these lists a lot. I don't have a, any, any kind of thing to say about it, but just looking at the groups, letters to Cleo, semi-sonic sister, Hazel, save Ferris, brick cardigans, madness again of the era. Um, and there are fans. I mean, the, yeah, that's one of those movies where, you know, uh, Heath Ledger performing that, uh, what was it? Whatever the, whoever sang that song, um, uh, that I can't remember the name of right off the top of my head. Like to me, that was the only song that I remembered from this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and clearly you didn't remember it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Magnolia is, is pretty much wall to wall. Amy man, uh, kind of, kind of concept album in a way. Uh, I, I, I had this soundtrack and I liked a lot of the songs. The big ones were oh. wise up and save me. Um, but then you also get Goodbye Stranger in there from Super Tramp, and you get one from Harry Nilsson. Harry Nilsson pops up a few times in the 90s, which I think is fun. Uh, but, you know, this is my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie as well. So, uh, you know, a, a, a great soundtrack, a great collection of songs for this movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, Boogie Nights, is, which we didn't mention, also is m- my favorite movie of all time. And the soundtrack to that was, like, transcendent to me. And... Mm-hmm. 
you know, this was, of course, the moment not only of Paul Thomas Anderson, um, but it was also of John Bryan, um, who had done, quite frankly, very little in terms of the music of Boogie Nights, but he had made he made the score for Magnolia so good by itself. And then, you know, this, as you said, it's like a concept album, kind of almost musical, but not quite. But the, you know, it's like the songs that are on it are like, and then you just throw in like two Super Tramp songs and you're like, oh, okay. You know, I mean, it's it's yeah. incredible what uh, Mondo released the vinyl soundtrack a couple of years ago. And it was, I think, sequenced to include all of the songs and the score like in order. Like, so we, if you listen to it on vinyl, oh, wow. you can listen to each piece of music that John Bryan composed in the midst of all the songs that were, that, that Amy Mann performed. It's, um, I mean, it's incredible. Uh, it's, huh. and, and whether it's, it's not, as I said, it's not my favorite, um, Paul Thomas Anderson movie, although I do love it. Absolutely. Um, but it is one that the soundtrack, like just, I listen to nonstop. Yeah. And then the last one I have here, um, I like to consider this movie the last movie of the 90s for some reason. <laughs> I don't know what I really mean by that, but it just feels right to say it. Go from Doug Lyman. Uh, I had this soundtrack and I listened to it a lot. Uh, no doubt, Len, Steal My Sunshine. That was on your list, I think. Uh, yeah. Another Magic Carpet Ride. Uh, Gangster Trippin' from Fat Boy Slim. The, the Cha 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 is my wife's favorite song on this soundtrack. She just thinks it's hilarious. Jimmy Luxury and the Tommy Rome Orchestra. That uh, sort of, I mean, this is the, the this is definitely the era of ecstasy. So you get a song like Believer, which is just this great sort of, uh, I don't know if you'd call that techno, whatever you would call it, uh, but I, I'm a fan of that song. I love Shooting Up in Vain from Eagle Eye Cherry. That song is so dope. And I, I'm a big Air fan, so I love the inclusion yeah. of Talisman on there. And there's some Natalie Imbruglia. There's just a, a bunch of different things on this soundtrack. And I love this movie. So uh, it's a fun one. Yeah, I, you know, Go is a movie that I always, I, I really liked, but it sort of vacillates between like, do I totally love it? Or do I just think it's like, okay, it's not something that I pivot to like not liking but the soundtrack was one that i listened to i mean that that believer song by bt is great i mean you're absolutely right but steal my sunshine i mean i put it as the last song on my uh 90s soundtrack uh list because to me there is no song that more encapsulates sort of like that particular moment and it's a quite frankly that band even though they i don't think they did anything after that that their album is actually shockingly good and uh and that song it was also i mean the fact that it samples like andrea true connection more 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 which is a song that i love you know it's like one of those things but but like when you think it's it's one in a way where a lot of the songs you do think about the scene like talisman is the scene where um you know he's having like a threesome and like the the curtains burst into flames you know magic carpet ride happens during like the sort of car chase you know i mean you know there's all these things in the movie that are that uh that i think they really use music well um and that's i think why that soundtrack has more legs than you would imagine that it would yeah absolutely did we miss anything um well i did want to mention something because we we didn't talk about this earlier um, but you know, the, when you first reached out to me about doing this, you were talking about the fact that Billy Idol did this like 
closing theme song for uh for speed and one of this and the thing is that like to me uh and i don't want to denigrate your former guest but you know i was like you know this song was trying to do what guns and roses did with terminator 2 in my opinion um because you could be mine by guns first of all it's my favorite guns and roses song i think it's one of the greatest um i like i love that song so 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 much i mean the movie too but you know like that song that was used the way it's used in the movie just sort of like almost incidentally as at the beginning of it but like you could be mine to me was sort of like the dawn and quite frankly the the best version of we're gonna get a rock group to do a song in this movie that doesn't really you know demand a full soundtrack of people doing songs for the movie and um and so that was one that i just thought of because that's a song that i still am obsessed with and the Um, music video was awesome with the terminator coming into the concert and (laughs) looking for yeah but i mean like you know but like, you know, I mean, there's other things like, you know, there was. But hang on. Let me just say, let me just say about that, about Billy, about yeah. uh, Speed, the song. Uh, Billy would just tell you they were trying to capture the old Billy Idol flavor, the old Rebel Yell kind of template. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he had reunited with Steve Stevens after an, a couple of years apart. He was coming off of Cyberpunk, which was a huge disappointment. And uh, they were just kind of getting back together. And let's let's just do what we do best. Verse, chorus, verse, you know, just do their thing. And uh, I mean, you know, I, I'm a big fan of the song. I, I don't obviously I would be <laughs> if I'm doing all this <laughs> shit. I'm a big fan yeah. of every element of this movie. But uh, I don't know. I like I've always been fired up by that song. And the music video was kind of cool, too. So sure. Just sure. A, I mean, you know, it's like, speed. I mean, you know, I mean, you should maybe think about putting together a podcast about, you know, defending speed because it, you know, I don't I don't know if that's something you've thought yeah. about. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I should. You know what? Let me write that down. Hang on. <laughs> do podcast about speed okay yeah yeah what else we got um, what else we, you know I mean, we... well it was like i was thinking about um there's uh coolio doing gangster's paradise for dangerous minds i mean like that song yeah. was massive um you know i mean there were you know one of the ones that, that was uh we didn't mention what was that thing you do from that movie which um yeah i didn't ever remember the rest of the songs that well but that song like having revisited that movie once in like the last year and being like man this movie holds up like gangbusters but like that song had to hold up or else the whole movie would have just fallen apart and i think it's like and it's crazy good you know i mean it's you know um we we talked a little bit about um you know cameron crow but you know it's like he got bruce springsteen to do secret garden for jerry Maguire. so good you put you that know, on I mean, your list yeah yeah you know and it's like you know there's like i put some other ones on here that like i said did not uh they exceeded the 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 their films like six underground from sneaker pimps from the saint which i just always yeah. remember from like the trailer for the saint um yeah. you know but then we got you know there's like that summer yeah yeah and then it's like you know men in black by will smith and then really the one to to, you know that maybe is the full culmination of what i was talking about about like somebody doing one song for a movie you have my heart will go on by celine dion from from titanic which is you know one of the biggest movie singles of all time uh and And i actually love her song from up close and personal better hmm. uh, because you love me which i don't 
think I remember, but, um, but yeah, yeah, it's like that. Um, but that was one that I was just absolutely, you know, I mean, it's like, I, I Titanic is, you know, like many of Cameron's movies, it's like this kind of like red meat delivery system of like kind of very mainstream muscular entertainment that's not going to subvert your expectations and that song fully lives up to that and it's still it's still a pretty remarkable song i don't know that i want to listen to it as much as i did back in 1997 but or 1998 but but it yeah. but like it's a good song and then you know i was like just sort of thinking about some other funny ones like I, I put on my list, um, you know, Ghetto Superstar by Praz from the Bullworth soundtrack. I mean, quite frankly, you know, like Bullworth is like such a odd film. And like one of these days, I feel like I need to like revisit it because I rewatched it and I'm like, this holds up in a lot of very weird ways. But um, yeah, but the soundtrack for that movie had a lot of really interesting songs on it. Um, there was a song by uh, Cannabis think on it i don't know if it was on the soundtrack or not but um but like uh that was another one that was like sort of not quite the same thing as um death row taking over but that was like after the fujis had come along and so you had a soundtrack that was kind of like stacked with a lot of stuff from fujis and fujis adjacent artists um yeah and i also uh, just want to say i i like i loved your inclusion of same song uh, from digital underground from nothing but trouble oh my god yeah i mean like, talk about a terrible movie but but like you yeah. know it was the first track that tupac was ever on i mean like and i mean he you crushed know, it one of the greatest yeah. verses ever yeah dude just crushed it in that song i love yeah it. truly truly yeah yeah but um but yeah deep, there's i mean deep cover from dr dre on here um yeah and, and, the road and i have like i don't want to miss a thing road. from armageddon you know i mean there's uh Di- there's Diane a lot of stuff. for life <laughs> yeah end I mean, of the road you know, i think people forget that end of the road was in boomerang um i like that yeah, proclaimer that... song from benny and june i'm gonna be 500 miles yeah i mean that song i mean that's another mo- that's another song that you know in- eclipse the movie for you know i mean i think the movie's good i'm not uh, saying anything bad about it but but i but that song was like just so massive and I feel like everybody would listen to it and they're like, oh, is this from a movie? And you'd be like, what's the movie? No, I'm not going to watch that because it was not, <laughs> the movie was not a hit, but, uh, but, you know, yeah. but the song was. Um, well, so if you had to pick of- like one, one soundtrack from all of this, that's your favorite. I said singles would be mine. What would be your, your num- number one? Hmm. That's, that's a tough, uh, you know, I mean, spot. yeah, I mean, you know, like, I mean, the one that encapsulates the 90s best and probably I listened to the most at the time was probably Pulp Fiction. I'm Mm -hmm. not sure that I, you know, like now I would listen to it certainly with the same passion as I do now. I mean, like, you know, the soundtrack to Boogie Nights to me is utterly listenable, like insanely good. Um, Mm -hmm. but, and that's probably as much as anything, because it's my favorite film of all time. It's also like, I love that movie so much that I made, I found every song that was on, that was not on the soundtracks. And I made a third volume for myself. Like there's a till Tuesday song. There's like queen of hearts, um, by juice Newton, you know, and I like, I went and found all of those songs and like made a boogie nights volume three for myself. Um, but you know, I mean, it's, it's sort of, 
I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, which is like the idea of like, you know, it's like, what is things that you can't think of the movie without? What are the things that, you know, you like listening to irrespective of the movie? I mean, you know, we meant, I mentioned the casino soundtrack and it was like, you know, there yeah. were a lot of things on there starting with like the, the, um, what was it? Uh, I can't remember. Uh, the guy the the composer who did the music for contempt and they use that at the beginning of the movie and you know i mean there were like all these things you know using um the devo's version of satisfaction on the soundtrack to casino it was like one of those things where i was like i feel like i'm like experiencing the movie but i'm also discovering things that i didn't know that i liked and you know um and there's something really like fun about that and so the idea of like getting to listen to um, really any soundtrack but especially during this era where there was so much like heavy licensing of these tracks meant that you could really you know as much as you could hear the songs that were on like Forrest Gump you know you could really discover a few new songs that you didn't know would immediately or you know eventually become a part of your mental you know canon or your favorite whatever it was I mean you know it's totally. like you mentioned like we were talking about natural born killers like you know it's like I discovered like Patsy Klein basically because of that. I mean, the soundtrack to Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is so good. I mean, like, you oh, know, the fact yeah, that it's got totally. like, like, you know, Debbie Reynolds and like, you know, these other, these songs where you're like, like Booker T and the MGs, like all these things that I was like, oh, I kind of, I've heard Green Onions, but I don't really know any other songs by them. And you get like sort of mm -hmm. led into these other genres or these other you know, deeper into an artist discography than you realize that you wanted to go because you just didn't hear anything. And um, so there's, I mean, there's just too many for me to like pick probably one that's definitive. I mean, like I said, Juice is also a soundtrack that like, holy shit, I listened to that song, that soundtrack just so many times. As a matter of fact, it, it occurred to me as we were talking that like there was a song that I had in my head for like two years that I couldn't figure out what it was. And I think I like I went on Twitter. This was five or 10 years ago and you and I were interacting and I'm like, I know this song. I'm trying to remember what it is. I'm trying to have you guys heard it. Has it been this? And it was a song from the soundtrack to uh, to Juice eventually. Like I figured out the thing oh, okay. that was in my head and it was just this little tiny part of the song and that was why I couldn't remember what it was and it was not an artist that was like, it might have been Moni Love on the soundtrack, but like whatever it was, it was like this little tiny part that I couldn't remember what it was. But um, but that was yeah. one that I, again, is baked into my DNA at this point. Well, everybody go fire up the spotify go buy some cds <laughs> i think we gave you a pretty good rundown that's that's the most epic blast through the 90s i think i've ever accomplished um but <laughs> we did a ton of damage and yeah i mean the uh the 90s movie soundtrack boom is a special thing for me and not to be repeated i think because uh i mean it's just it's, it's something about uh the music that are, that arose in the nineties in combination with the music that was throwback in the nineties and then how they all kind of bounced around with each other. So just a bunch of killer soundtracks and speed is not one of the best, but it's one of them. <laughs> so that's good enough, yeah. I think for us around here. So yeah. Todd, thank you, man. I appreciate you coming on uh, to discuss all this stuff. Um, I, 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 like I said, I don't think we could have found a better mind for all of this. So my, my, well, I mean, it's like, all I did was collect soundtracks. So I was, I was, my body was ready. I, I'll say, you know, um, 
you know, it's like I'm listening. You're you're talking about this, and, and of course, I start thinking about like the soundtrack to Girl Six. Girl Six, not a great film, but it was like mm-hmm. the first soundtrack. I and it might have been the first CD on which Prince ever released um, "Erotic City." Um, you know, that mm-hmm. was a B side. That was not on the soundtrack to Purple Rain. And so I could be wrong about it being the first time it was on CD, but it was like, you know. Prince working with, you know, Spike Lee got to do it. The soundtrack to Crooklyn is great. I mean, you know, it's like there's all these things that had these incredible, this incredible breadth of stuff. So uh, it's always exciting for me to talk about soundtracks because I'm completely obsessed with them myself. So, um, so, so he can keep going, to... guys. We just wind him up and let him go and he'll just keep going. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. But uh, but I really appreciate you inviting me on. It was uh, really fun. Yeah, man. Thank you, brother. That is Todd Gilchrist, everybody. P.S. It's just me now. Todd's gone. So I have some additions to this list that did not occur to me until after we recorded. Honestly, I should have just taken a quick look at my own damn iTunes or Apple Music or whatever we call it now because these omissions were egregious, as far as I'm concerned. We mentioned Wayne's World, but Coneheads had a pretty solid soundtrack too. Probably best remembered for Red Hot Chili Peppers' Soul to Squeeze, which was actually a castaway from the Blood Sugar Sex Magic album. Last Action Hero was packed to the gills. ACDC, Megadeth, Def Leppard, Aerosmith, Alice in Chains, Queensryche, Anthrax. Good shit. I mean, Airheads. How could I forget Airheads? One of my favorite movies from the very same year as Speed. Great collection of songs from White Zombie, Primus, Anthrax, Candlebox. Of course, there's the song original to the movie, Degenerated, by Lone Rangers. There are three of you. You're not exactly lone. And I love Born to Raise Hell, the opening credits song from Motorhead, Ice-T, and Whitfield Crane. We mentioned Batman Forever, and somehow that didn't spur me to mention the fact that most of the Jim Carrey movies in the 90s had killer soundtracks. Dumb and Dumber with Crash Test Dummies, Dead Eye Dick, Echo Belly, Pete Droge, Willy One Blood, D-Light, Butthole Surfers, Green Jelly. That thing was on constant rotation for me back in the day. Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, was a favorite. I love that new version of Spirits in a Material World from Pato Banton and Sting. It had Blues Traveler, Goo Goo Dolls, Presidents of the United States of America, White Zombie, killer stuff. And The Cable Guy, with Jerry Cantrell, Primitive Radio Gods, Silver Chair, Porno for Pyros, Cracker, Cypress Hill, Filter, another mainstay. Even The Mask had a pretty fun collection of songs. I can't believe I left all those out. And even though Katie Walsh and I literally discussed the Swingers soundtrack in our L.A. Movies episode, somehow that slipped my mind here. But an awesome assortment of standards on there, enough for us to forgive the big bad voodoo daddy of it all. So anyway, I couldn't let these go unmentioned. I guess at a certain point, you're virtually just rattling off every single soundtrack from the 90s, and what can I say? It was a golden age. I miss it, man. So feel free to let us know what else we might have left off there, and again, thanks to Todd for walking us through the nostalgia. And by the way, this marks the end of Phase 2 of 50 miles per hour. Phase 1 was conception and development. Phase 2 was production. Now we hit the home stretch. Release, legacy, and beyond. Next week on 50 Miles Per Hour, 
And I said, you're out of your mind. You want us to go up against City Slickers too? Speed is in the can and ready for release, but before it can reach the masses, Fox has to figure out its marketing and distribution strategy. And he looked at all of us in production. I remember him saying, okay, you guys are done now, Toss. We're riding this baby home. So they knew. They, they knew from that screen. It was one of the most exciting screens I've ever been at. It was an action film that was a date night movie. You know, the women like as much as men. It wasn't a gendered action movie, which is more unusual. The team can also sit back and finally enjoy the fruits of its labor at the film's star-studded Hollywood premiere. I said, you know who's sitting behind us? And she said, who? I said, it's Quentin Tarantino. He directed that film, Reservoir Dogs. On the night of the premiere, Peter Turner put his arm around me and said, enjoy tonight because it'll never get better than this. All of that and more next week, right here on 50 Miles Per Hour. Thanks so much for listening. 50 Miles Per Hour is written, produced, and edited by yours truly, Chris Tapley. You can find us on Twitter at 50MPHPod. I'm at Chris Tapley. That's Chris with a K. You can also catch every episode and more at our website, 50MPHPodcast.com. If you dug the show, please like and subscribe and do all the things. We'll see you next time.